Welcome to Ghost Gaze, a hauntingly gay podcast. Hey, welcome back to Ghost Gaze. I'm Carson. I'm Colleen. And today, we've got the same exact thing for you. Yay! Yay. We're getting creative and very, very original. Yes, um, this is going as our third and final part of the Bridgewater Triangle series that we're doing. Um, yes. And I'm a little a little sad it's coming to an end, honestly, because we've, we've done so much research and... Um, well, good mm-hmm. news is what we discovered while we were doing all of this research about the Bridgewater Triangle is that apparently there's weird fucking triangles all over the country that just, like collect this sort of weird chaotic energy within the like borders on the map yeah yeah so uh i think we might do another one in the near future here yeah there's like one in like the middle of the country there's one in like arizona there's one over by like california and washington like there's one in in lake michigan yeah maybe we'll just do like this, sorry, guys, this is no longer a ghost podcast. This is now a triangle-based podcast. Oh, yes. Only triangles from here on out. <laughs> Everything is triangular. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, if the if Lake Michigan really has uh, its own triangle, that explains a lot of weird shit that I've seen growing up, <laughs> you know. Um, we used to have jet skis over there and we used to go out pretty far you know on like calm days not super wavy days but you know you'd see like like, being almost blackout drunk on the lake on the day that we didn't know that the riptides were there and and like (laughs) we almost died yeah that was a wild day um but yeah i remember going out there as a kid one time and uh what happened so i went on a on a jet ski like really far out i I really wanted to see how far i could go before i got too nervous and went back in and the lake was pretty clear and so i could see fish all around and you know there's wood and stuff and then all of a sudden this giant like mass goes right under the cedar that i'm on and i'm like that is larger than me i'm gonna get out of here big ass fish yeah, um, the thing is, it oh, I mean, it looks like a fish, but it was, like, at least four feet long, because that's how tall I was at the time, and I was, it was clear, but all I could see was just, like, black, and I was Whoa. like, oop, getting out of here, so yeah, maybe we should look into that one, I'm gonna go hunting there. You're gonna go hunting there? Yeah, for uh, that giant fish thing that I saw. Should we get into this one? Yes, let's do it. Oh, talk to me about spooky happenings in the Bridgewater Triangle. Um, this one, I don't necessarily think it's the spookiest, but it's definitely odd. And it's definitely unique from what we know about, like, sideshows and... Yeah, it's like a nice, neat little, like, pocket of history, kind of. Yeah, um... So the Bridgewater Triangle is the birthplace of the of two famous sideshow performers. Um, the first is the Human Skeleton, and we'll put a photo of this up, obviously, on the Instagram because it's you got to see us. It's wild. Um, 
like think think like season one Spencer Reed from Criminal Minds, but minus a good seventy five pounds. Right. Yeah. Um, like yeah, he his... is a skeleton daddy. <laughs> um i i'm not sure how bone daddy bone daddy for sure um i'm not sure how old he was when he died but he was only 43 pounds when he passed and this guy was his name was isaac w sprague uh who lived in the mid 1800s and was so skinny and odd looking that he became the original thin man of circus fame oh yeah, so uh, he was only, like I said, he was only 43 pounds when he died. And I'm, I want to see when he died, but I mean. 1887. 1887. In the mid-18, oh wow, so he wasn't super old when he died. Oh. He was 46. Yeah, okay. Um, There was one other person who was born in the Bridgewater Triangle, and this is General Tom Thumb who only stood 25 inches tall. Um, and he did his acts and costume as well as comedy, as well as comedy routines. Um, now that is not very tall. No, it's not very tall at all. <laughs> um, um, it's said that when he passed away, he was, I mean, how tall? Hold on, sorry. He was two feet and three inches tall and that is as big as he got and like for for a little perspective there i mean there are literal babies like in like toddlers that are taller than that Mm -hmm. and this man was also 46 years old which i think that's kind of interesting that they both died of the same age Um, oh they were both 46 years old they were both 46 years old oh damn they died and were they, they were like born on different years. They died on different years, but they both were forty six when they passed. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Another interesting thing about this is that um, yes, they they performed at sideshows around the Bridgewater Triangle and everything like that. Yeah. But they both also worked for um, P. T. Barnum. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. So they both worked at his um museum in New York for a couple of years. Um I guess that Isaac, the living skeleton, he uh-huh. was paid about eighty dollars a week, which in the eighteen hundreds that was like huge. Like he made fucking bank at that yeah, museum. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a, probably sounds like a lot. But he didn't work there for very long. Oh. Um, in fact, after he ended his career working with Barnum at the museum, he left the sideshow business for a really long while. Wow. Um, but like, Barnum was that, that much point, of an asshole? Apparently, yeah. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, even though he went on to like get married and he had kids and all of this stuff, then his kids were like, all very healthy. They, he didn't pass on like any of his genetic disorders to his children. Oh wow! But um, unfortunately, because he was no longer making money at like the museum, 
he developed like a really heavy gambling addiction and um oh. ended up dying. That's nuts. Another interesting fact about um Isaac, the skeleton man, it's just it's more weird to me, I guess, but he was known to like carry a flask around his neck that was filled with sweetened dairy milk and he oh. would like drink from it to keep himself conscious. What? <laughs> Wait. Back up. Why did he need to keep himself conscious? Was it so, like, because he was so small? I don't, did yeah, he have, so he like, was so issues? skinny, and he like he went to the doctors all of the time. He had numerous medical exams done during his lifetime, but they never officially diagnosed him with like what could have been causing him to be so skinny. Oh. Um, he was labeled as having an extreme case of progressive muscular atrophy. Oh, that explains And, like, a to lot. be clear, he did eat constantly. Like, he ate regular food and stuff like that. But he had to have, like, this flask of sweetened, like, heavy cream, essentially, around his neck. <sighs> so that he would constantly have, like, a caloric intake so that he wouldn't pass out. Right. Which is just, like, this poor guy. So I found out that not only it was he 43 pounds when he passed away, he was 5 feet six inches tall which is like that's my height <laughs> yep yes it is that's taller than i am actually three five 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 yeah that's so wild though but like to think that um he was just so skinny i know and like you know it's like we said it's not necessarily like creepy or or weird or anything it's just like a neat little pocket of history that this also happened this person like lived and performed in this area of weird happenings the same thing with um with general tom thumb too who uh-huh. he his story was actually kind of very sad in the beginning of his life his parents basically sold him to uh pt barnum uh-huh when he was five years old really yes because P.T. Barnum had heard about this kid who was very small, who was not growing. Yeah. Um, and so he went to their, his parents' house and was like, hey, I'm putting together, like, a group of really weird fucking people. What if I train your son and teach him to do, like, tricks and impersonations and all of these um, stupid things? Um, and... So they were like, oh, fuck yeah. We don't want our weird kid who is small and not growing. Take him. Yeah. Like any parent. You know? (laughs) (laughs) The good news was that he went on, actually, complete opposite direction of um, the skeleton man. Um, He went on to actually have a very successful life to the point of where, like, later on when P.T. Barnum ran into financial trouble. Yeah. Um, Charles, who is the name of the man who played the character of General Tom Thumb, was uh-huh. able to bail him out on his own. Oh. Because he was so famous and so popular um, playing like all of these impersonation characters that he did at the sideshow attractions. Like, for <gasps> Wait, instance... sorry. Hold on one second. Is that... This isn't... Mm, I feel like I n- know who General Tom Thumb is, though. Um, like, I feel like I've heard of him before. 
Yeah, he was a very, very famous performer, actually. He did, like, impersonations of Napoleon. Um, he was he also an actor? Europe. What? Was he also, like, in movies, or was that before movies? It was before movies. Um, but he, like, he met President Lincoln. Wow. He met royalty. He traveled all over Europe. Um... And just, like, had a generally kind of amazing life, considering. Yeah. Considering his parents wanted to give him the fuck up. Right. So it's just kind of interesting to think about, like, these two very famous, like, revolutionary in, at the time of, like, I mean, if you go to a circus nowadays, or something like that, or, like, not that there's many circuses or size show attractions because hello, it's 2022 and we shouldn't be doing things like that anymore. Exactly. But as long as it was like a running operational thing, every single like time that people would go to a show like that, there would be a tall, thin man and a dwarf of some sort representing Tom or general Tom Thumb. Yeah. Because they just like, they created these roles. It's very interesting. It is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of makes you think that, like, maybe the other, like, geographical areas that we were talking about before that are kind of all over the country, maybe it has, like, a similar vibe where it's not all spooky, scary things hidden within these, like, lines on the map. It's also just neat little pockets of information and history. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it's interesting to think about. Mm Mm-hmm. That's some pretty interesting information. Oh, excuse me. Long day. Um, and, yeah, I, I kind of agree that not everything in the tr- in the triangle may be spooky or scary or evil. It may just be unique or different or magical in its own different way. Right. Saying that, that <laughs> leads us into our, uh, our next little foyer into the into the Bridgewater Triangle. And Colleen, you got this one. Take it away. Yes, this is the one that I've been the most excited for because I don't think that it gets talked about nearly as much. Like, when people talk about the Loch Ness Monster or UFOs and stuff like that, I feel like Bigfoot gets really looked over sometimes. Like, poor guy. Uh, Who doesn't think that a giant furry beast that lives in the woods is awesome like I love him I respect him I would like to leave him alone because I'm sure that he's just (laughs) living his best life doing his thing for sure Um, but yes there have been multiple sightings actually uh, around this area there's like local business owners media writers and even law enforcement officers have all said that they've seen like a strange creature in the woods that looked like it was about half ape, half man. Ooh. Mm, I know. In fact, in like 1970, it said that two police officers um, were reported to have seen uh, some kind of strange happening, right? Uh-huh. Hold on. I just lost my entire place. What the fuck? <laughs> You're fine. No, that was my sourdough recipe that I was looking at earlier. Um, 
space. All right. So, in 1970, it said that there were two police officers that were sitting in their car, um, and they were just, like, out for a regular everyday check, like, nightly patrol kind of a thing. Yep. And they suddenly felt... They felt like their car began to be lifted off of the ground. And it was like somebody was lifting the rear of their car. Mm. So one of the officers claimed that he put a spotlight on the offender, like through the back windshield, and it looked like a massive bear man that then ran into the woods. Ooh, that was Bigfoot. So whatever it was, it was something that was strong enough to lift the back of a car with two people sitting in it. Yeah. And I don't know much about Bigfoot other than it's a person who lives in the woods. Is Bigfoot naturally strong, so they say? I mean, they say that he's supposed to be huge at the very least. Uh-huh. They said that um, when they spun the car around, it looked like there was a bear running around the corner of a house. Hmm. So it, they just kind of chalked it up to it being a very inquisitive black bear at the time. Um, okay. But there is another man who is named Joseph. I'm trying to figure out how to pronounce his name. Oh, you're good. Joseph M. DeAndre. Okay. Uh, has been collecting sightings and reports since 1978. Damn. Right. That's actually so, pretty cool. uh, I guess one person told him that years and years ago while hunting, his uncle had shot an animal that looked like a bear. Uh-huh. After the shot went off, the, um, the boy and his uncle heard a cry that seemed half animal and half human. The animal then disappeared into the woods, but they later found blood and long brown hair on the leaves. Oh. The same witness claimed that he and the family were picnicking near a pond when they heard a loud splash like an large object falling into the water. When they went to the water's edge, the family saw several dead fish floating on top of the water. So, like, even if that wasn't Bigfoot taking a cannonball into the water, what the hell fell in the water that just, like, killed all those fish? Exactly. What else is in there? Um... There was also a report from the same man. Um, somebody had told him that uh, around West Bridgewater, there was a woman who was gardening one night, and she kind of came out of her house and saw a very tall bear or ape-like creature that was just covered with dark hair eating a pumpkin. Like, it was holding it with its hands and just eating it. Ooh. I looked at her with reddish-orange eyes and then ran into the woods. And I love this last part. It says it took the pumpkin with it. Good. Delicious, healthy snack. his Bigfoot, it was like, "Mm, midnight snack. Oh, shit, a person. Let me grab this snack to go. (laughs) Um, I think there are Bigfoots all over the world. I don't think Bigfoot is necessarily one entity. You know what I mean? I think, I feel like it's like a... There's like a group or like a. a I also feel the same way. I I was talking about Bigfoot before, just as it was one entity, but I also feel that it kind of, it's a species that just kind of resides in heavily forest wooded areas. Uh huh. Yeah, and honestly, they could have been here during 
when you know Christopher Columbus sailed them oceans, some sailed them blue oceans and came over here and was like, mine. Um, they could have been there the whole time and just no one ever found them, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, what's interesting to me is that all of these reports, you know, a lot of the time, way back when we did like the UFO episode um, yeah. and all of those sightings around the Bridgewater, some of those reports had like a tendency to to change. Eyewitness accounts were a little different, a little murky uh-huh. regarding what happened. But like the people that talk about Bigfoot in this area are all describing the exact same creature. And they're like, they're all from different areas. They're all from different time periods, you know? Right. Yeah, I think there's definitely more than one and more. Uh, there's probably more than we think there are. Even another uh, witness named John Baker, who was a trapper, I guess, was um, he was in his canoe in around 1980 running trap lines. And he felt he said that he felt something tracking him like he could feel something in the tree line staring at him and like following his movements. Oh, creepy. He said that um, he couldn't make it out exactly at first but he knew that it was big so he took the boat down a small creek to a dry hill and it kept following him he i, I guess it was cold out because he says that he could feel the ice in the swamp cracking as the creature came within a few yards of him jesus and that he described it as a large almost 400 pounds six foot tall shadowy hair covered giant that's I feel like that's one of the first ones we've heard that like doesn't sound like a bear, but it's more like a that's actually a, just a giant person, hairy. Well, the interesting thing is that he said that it, he knew that it wasn't a human because when it passed by him, he could smell it and it smelled like a skunk, like it lived Ugh. in the dirt. You should make a horror movie about Bigfoot. <laughs> what if what if it's yeah. just the it's just like Jaws, but Bigfoot. Oh, my God. But instead of, like, biting you, it just, like, takes you away. But we were like, oh, no. But everywhere's the water. <gasps> oh, my God. That's the, the, the title. That's the catchphrase is everywhere is water. <laughs> I'd watch it. I mean, it's interesting to think about, like, you know, some people say that Bigfoot is, like, a benevolent creature, you know? Like, it just kind of, like, observes and lets... Yeah. Passersby come through its area and just let whatever happened happen. Uh huh. And then there are other people who argue that, like, if you're ever caught by Bigfoot, it'll eat you, it'll do something, it'll kill you, it'll, it'll, you know, attack you in some way. Ooh, what if it turns you into a Bigfoot? See, that was something that I was thinking about. Like, what if it's like a Wendigo situation where yeah. if you're bitten by it or scratched by it, that's how they like it turn into like one. make more Bigfoot creatures, you know? Yeah. I'm sticking with that. Oh, that's the one that's the theory you're sticking with? Yep. If you get scratched or bitten or whatever by a Bigfoot, you become a Bigfoot yourself. Oh. Well, I guess uh even more reason to avoid Bigfoot. Yes. I would like to avoid Bigfoot. I just, I have a feeling that it's like, it's got, it has like silverback gorilla vibes to me, you know, sure. huge and impressive and a beautiful, beautiful creature. But 
God forbid you ever make eye contact with it. No, don't look at it. Should we hit the next one? <clears throat> the last one. The last one? I know. Um, this one is about something called Profile Rock. And this was a very holy space to Native Americans around this time. And uh, they did a lot of, I think Native American lore says it was, they were, they used to dance there. Yes. And so now you can, sometimes at night, you can see the ghosts of the Native American warriors dancing and scaring off any who come too close. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of quick, you know, they're just, you know, these scary ghosts that appear here. But yeah, at one point it was holy land for Native Americans and people, they don't like it when people come near it and they'll scream at you and dance at you. Um, sounds very familiar to me. I just have to fact check something. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So Profile Rock is pretty cool for like a lot of reasons. Yeah. The name is pretty like, in you know, explanatory. Um, It is a very large rock monument that I'm not sure if this is what it still looks like because there's been so much wear and tear over the years and there was a whole like cleanup effort not that long ago because people were sneaking into the land and vandalizing the monuments. But sometime in the mid 1800s, there was some kind of explosion or something that happened that, that formed this rock structure. And because of all of the history in that area and the people that lived on that land and the wars that went down, a lot of people believe that after the explosion happened, the, the rock resembled the face of the, um, God, how do you pronounce it again? A Wampanoag. Wampanoag. The Wampanoag teeth. Oh, no shit. Okay. Yes. So, like. So refer to one of our earlier episodes where we talk about the Wampanoag chief. Exactly. That's really so, cool. Not only did this structure now resemble his face very strongly. Yeah. But um, so this place was um, this area was the site of um, King Philip's War. And some people believe that Philip spent the night beneath that rock the night before he died. So if you like you like you said if you go back and like listen to us talk about some of the other activity that goes on in this kind of area you'll know that there's a very large amount of native act- native american lore on this land which yeah is not surprising considering that this is one of the first areas of the country that people try to claim as their own yeah which it wasn't so it's just it's interesting to think about that all over this area, just kind of like scattered pieces of history, it all ties back together. Yeah. It all ties back to this Native American lore, and I think it's really fascinating. It is. It's very interesting to think about um, how something that not a lot of people spend a lot of time thinking about could impact so many lives. Right. It's wild. It is wild. Do we have anything else? I think that's everything on all of the documented spooky stuff that goes on in Bridgewater. Yeah. So that officially ends our series on the Bridgewater Triangle. Sad, but exciting. I know. 
Um, but we're not done yet. Haha, <laughs> we still have some quizzes to take. <laughs> and yes, quizzes, multiple, two. We have two. What is the first one? Uh, try to survive a horror film. Yes, try this to one survive is. Try to a horror film and we'll reveal your fate in Scream. <gasps> so, question one. It says, picture this. You're home alone and a blocked number begins calling you incessantly. How do you respond? Do you ignore it? It's ob- it's obviously just a friend trying to freak you out. Scream into the phone and tell them to stop calling you immediately. Start pranking the caller back and adopting a different accent every time you answer. Call the police and see if they can help you trace the caller. So I would do all of these steps in different <laughs> orders. Yeah. I would I would start by pranking them and then start yelling at them yes and then i would start ignoring it and if the (laughs) ignoring it didn't work then i would call the police that's fair um normally i think i would just like um ignore it but if it kept happening i would probably start pranking the caller back um i think i'm going to do the prank i'm going to prank them back by doing different accents i think i'm very annoying so i'm assuming they would just be like fine i'm not going to murder this person I'm also going to pick the uh, pranking the caller back just because, like, I don't have any patience. If you're calling me more than twice and I don't recognize your number, then, like, fuck you. I'm going to fuck with you. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm going to have fun with it. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, next one, Colleen. You decide to get out of your house and head to a neighborhood party. Where can you be found? Alone in one of the empty bedrooms. You're too introverted to really enjoy this scene. On the dance floor, flirting with your classmates, looking after your friends, somebody has to make sure that things don't get out of hand. Or trying to break in through the back door. You didn't technically get an invite. Um, you know, I don't think I would have the balls to just walk into a random party. So, but if you and I went together, I feel like we'd be on the dance floor. I was going to say, if you and I are at this party together, we're either alone smoking weed in one of the bedrooms or on the dance floor. Maybe we're the looking after your friends. Somebody has to make sure things don't get out of hand because I feel like we'd just be really high and everyone would just be really fucking drunk. I think I'm going to do that. I I don't have the patience to look after my friends. That's true. That's Mm -hmm. why when we go out, I am the drunk mess that everybody takes care of because (laughs) I don't have the patience to do it for anybody else. Okay, yeah, let's I'm gonna do on the dance floor. <laughs> on the dance floor, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Ready? Next one? Yes. Okay. Out of nowhere the music cuts and uh, and you hear someone let out a blood curdling scream. What do you do? Go and investigate. It might have been someone you care about. Forget about it. Someone is probably just playing a prank. Tell everybody not to panic and start making sure everyone's accounted for. Start screaming yourself so, so that you're the center of attention at last. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I, don't, okay. I feel like my, my preschool teacher instincts would kick in and I would immediately start counting heads. Oh, yeah. I think that's what I would do, especially since the option of running away is not given here. Um. Back up. I think that you skipped over that last option for yourself a little too quickly. <laughs> I would not start doing that. 
You know that? Did you ever watch Modern Family? Um, yes. Okay, so there's that one scene where they're looking for the dog, and this little girl is like, no, that's my dog. And Cam has, like, a screaming battle with the little child to get the dog back. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I think about you every single time I see that scene. Oh, my God, I love that. (laughs) I think I would probably make sure everyone's accounted for. That's fair. Yeah. I picked that I would make sure that everybody is accounted for. Nice. Okay. Okay, go ahead and read the next one. You discover a pool of blood and decide to split up into groups and see what else can be found. Which OG Scream character do you buddy up with? Would it be Sydney Prescott, Gail Riley, or Dewey Riley? Ooh, I think it would be Gail Riley. That's my choice. Yes. See, that's a good one because she's really tough and smart. Yeah. And this is maybe controversial because she's literally the one that everybody is always going after. But I think I would pick Sydney because, like, yeah, the murderer is always after her, but at least it would be over soon enough. And she always survives. So, like... True. I feel like she would protect me. I think so, too. But fuck um, Dewey Riley. Love him, but he is the dumb as a bag of rocks. Yes, he is. Um, okay. So, now, which new Scream character do you add to your team? Ooh, um, I don't know. I haven't seen the new one yet. I haven't seen any of this, but I'm going to pick Wes Hicks because I like the actor. So I picked the lovesick friend mostly because I like that actor and I don't know what else to pick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You should just pick a random one because I don't know any of these people. Oh, I plan to pick the flirt because that's me. Sure. Yep. That makes sense. All right. Safety first. Which weapon will you protect yourself with? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a gun, a knife, a flamethrower, or you don't need a weapon. You plan on running and hiding. Um, I, well, I mean, I would definitely want a gun if, like, I was going up against a guy who had a fucking knife, you know. Um, but also a flamethrower might be really fun. I was thinking the same thing. Right. Like, hello? Have we learned nothing from these movies? Right. I think I'm going to go flamethrower, because I think that's just... It's either going to do me good or do me bad, and I might die anyway, so whatever. At least you'll look really cool before you go out. I will look so cool. At least take some photos for me and put them on the gram before I die. Okay. Did you? Would you pick? I picked the flamethrower for the same good. reasons. Um, okay. Your team discovers a dead body in the backyard. What do you do? Immediately check for a pulse and dial 000. What? What does 000 do? Is that like 911? Is that information? (laughs) Uh, This must be a British person or somebody. I don't know. Sorry, Brits. Um, Okay. Scream, cry, and probably pass out. Look for the murder weapon. Or grab your keys and get the fuck out. This ain't a game of Cluedo. I mean... And if I have access to my car keys and I am able to get the fuck out, then that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Uh-huh. I would do the same exact thing. <laughs> we are too similar. <laughs> I know. 
Um, okay, next one, go. Oh no, Ghostface has appeared. Where do you hide? Under a bed. That's always a solid choice. Stand your ground. Be better better to keep the enemy in your sights. The kitchen, obs. That's where all the sharpest knives are. You're not hiding. You're running. Um, again, if you and I were together, I think we'd be like, let's get the fuck out of here. And I think we'd run away. Yes, I would run if I could. Because at least then I could say that I tried to get away. Exactly. Um, I know that I'm not going to put up much of a fight if they catch me. So, like... Right. Also, 100% thought that the kitchen option for that answer was going to say something about there being snacks in the kitchen. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to go to the kitchen, obviously, because that's where the snacks are. Obviously, snacks, duh. If I'm going out, I am going out with a full fucking belly. (laughs) For real. Um, Yeah, I think I picked... I picked your hiding, or you're not hiding, you're running. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I think we're going to have the same answer. Okay. So, you've managed to knock out your enemy, to knock your enemy unconscious. What do you do next? Unmask them. You have to know who's responsible for this. Tie them up and lock them in a room. Put them in the boot of your car and drive to the police. Or run, for the love of God, just keep running. Honestly, I think I would knock them out and be like, we're going, come on, come on, come on. I would tie them up and lock them in a room, quite honestly, because, like, Ooh. yes, obviously, then run as fast and far away as you can, but at least you know that there's some, like, some sort of barrier. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's a great one. Like, it's going to take them a minute to get untied and to get out of that room, so. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'd, I'd pick that same one. Okay. Last question. Oh, finally, we're going to choose a classic horror movie red flag that we would completely ignore. Oh, yes. Someone on the phone says they're watching you and your response is, this isn't funny. Like, insert friend's name. (laughs) So if it was me and you, I would say, fuck you, this isn't funny, Carson. Yeah. (laughs) Your dog starts aggressively barking at something unseen. Your friend says... I'll be right back before disappearing for a while. Or a sudden movement catches your eye, but you dismiss it as your imagination. Me, that one. That one would be the one I would ignore. 100% that would be the one the I would ignore. The last one, the, the sudden movement thing? I would be like, it was nothing. And I'd be like, no, you dumb fuck. I would do the first one probably because, let's be real here, I love you, but you have a tendency to call me and then just like fuck with me on the phone. That's true. I do that a lot. So I would probably just assume that it was you calling me from like a blocked number or something just to prank me. That's fair. I feel like I swear to God, if you start singing Jolene at me again, I'm just going to call the police to spite you. <laughs> I feel like you deserve it. Um, yeah. Did you win? Um, no. I died within the first 10 minutes of the movie. You did? Yeah. I'm the final one standing. <gasps> you left me for dead? Apparently. God. Uh... Wait, which ones were different then? Because, like... I think our last ones. Oh, yeah, I did tie them up. I'm telling you, you gotta, like, lock them somewhere. Get, like, don't take them with you. But, like, yeah. 
trap them oh. so that you can get away. So, yeah, we definitely died. Or I died. You lived. So, in lieu of the second quiz that we were going to do, Colleen told me she has a scary story to tell me. Yes. Sorry, yeah, uh, sorry for a swift change of plans, but my coworker actually just texted me this. So, are you ready? Yeah, go for it. All right. So, one of my coworkers shared this story with me, and it says, she says that her childhood home had a hallway that led to the bedrooms, and directly to the left of the entrance of that hallway was the family's computer desk. She said that she was sitting at the desk finishing an essay, and it was like 11 p.m. She could see her little brother in the hallway out of the corner of her eye, and he was wearing a plaid shirt and jeans, which he often wore to bed to save time getting ready for school the next morning. I told him to go to bed, and he took off running down the hall. She didn't see him for a little bit. A little time kept passing. She's working on her essay still, and then suddenly out of nowhere, she sees him out of the corner of her eye down the hallway again. She started to get kind of annoyed, turns around, says, hey, go to bed. Like, get the fuck out of here. Go to sleep. So he takes off running down the hallway again. Same thing. A couple hours later, no, sorry, 45 minutes later, he shows up in the hallway for a third time. So she said that she is now officially pissed off, gets up to go yell at him to go the fuck to bed. He takes off running down the hallway again. So she goes after him this time. Because she knew that if he was running, he was probably headed towards the bathroom. Because his room was so close to, like, the start of the hallway that there wasn't much space to run to it. She made it halfway down the first part of the hall and stopped just short of the turn when she said that an overwhelming sense of dread just stopped her dead in her tracks. She turned around, walked into her brother's room, and saw that he was asleep in bed. And uh, she said that that was really suspicious because, like, how would he have gotten back around her when she already saw him run past his room? So she kind of crept into the room, pulled back his covers, and he was, like, completely drenched with sweat and knocked out dead asleep. He wasn't wearing a plaid shirt. He wasn't wearing jeans. And the whole exchange happened so fast that he wouldn't have had time to have changed even. So, like she was like what the fuck she even checked around on this floor like underneath the bed to see if he was really just deep faking her somehow and it was nowhere to be seen she said at this point her heart was beating so fast there was no way that any of this could have happened um so at that point she just like woke her brother up and they went and chilled out in the living room together but she never saw that little boy um but she doesn't, she's never seen it again. She hasn't experienced really anything again. But she does not like to stand in that hallway is what she tells me. Because she definitely oh. feels like there's some kind of presence there. So this was all like 10 years ago even. And still when she goes to visit her parents at their childhood home, she does not like to go anywhere near that hallway. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Hallways have always been weird for me. Um, too. Uh, and it's mostly because I just didn't like the dark hallway that went down my parents' house to my sister and my little brother's room. Um, there was nothing particularly bad about it. There was a light in the middle and there was just two rooms at the end, but it was always very creepy. So I understand hallways not being the greatest. Yeah, it's just like creepy to think about. Like, 
if her brother was asleep in his bed the whole time, who the fuck was that? Like, right. I, I mean, off the top of my head, and this is just because I've been training myself to do this lately, but my, like maybe somehow her brother was astral projecting. He could have been for sure. I know younger people actually have a tendency to astral project more than older people. Right. Because, um, it's like the whole thing of once you know that it's a thing to do, you can't like it or you can, but it's extremely difficult to train your brain to do it. Yeah. But once you have, if when you're like a kid and you don't have those like adult barriers blocking your mm-hmm. senses, it's easier to do things like that without even realizing it. Right. Yeah. If any of you guys want to s- send us your stories to read on here, just like that, let us know. Yes, and we'll, please do. We'll read it's been a while since we've had a fun spooky story like that to share. You know. Well, I think that's going to be it for us. This season, I think. I think we're going to do another recap episode. Yes. Yes. Um, some more quizzes are coming your way. We're going to just talk about our favorite stuff we've done. Um, but yeah, don't worry. We won't be going too long. No, just will. taking a small little break again to kind of like get our lives together. I'm moving again soon. So I have yeah. to find a new apartment to move into. Africa. Yep. Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's uh we're all letting them know that you're moving to Africa. Yeah, yeah, you're right. My lease is up, so I'm just gonna leave the country. Yeah. Have fun. <laughs> all right, friends. Stay safe, stay spooky out there. And if you see a ghost, who are you gonna call? The ghost gaze. Hell yeah, that's us. Yeah. Jameson, stop it. <laughs> groceries i want a snack please after you put away groceries do you want to play gta yes i do